My name is Pastor Dan. I'm Casey. And this is... Loving that new intro, so good. <laughs> that was uh, so fun to make. Oh man, yeah, yeah. So kudos to Casey. <laughs> you see him and you listen to the midweek bump. Just tell him, uh, give him kudos on the new intro song. It's been great. Um, so we're gonna be diving in today. Uh, PT actually could not join us today. He is knee deep and and rummaging through the scriptures, preparing a message for this Sunday. So I'm excited. It's gonna be on Romans three. So that's gonna be really interesting. <sighs> Um, but we're going to talk about um, just the, the the sermon that Casey preached called Cornerstone, and uh, we're going to dive deeper into that. And uh, so I'm super excited. I actually, I did not get to be in the room. Uh, I wish I was, but I actually was uh, back in kids and help running it back there. But um, but I was able to listen to it online. So yes, sir. so excited to jump into this. So, anyways, uh, the sermon Cornerstone. And there's three major points, the fear of God, Christ over benefits, and simplicity. And so we're just going to kind of like hash it out and just see where that combo takes us. And, yes, sir. And, uh, but I'm excited, man. Yeah. So, yeah, why don't so, you go ahead and start off? Yeah, so it all um, kind of kicked off. Uh, this has been like kind of mess, like rummaging up in me for the last few months. Yeah. Since uh, Actually, since the beginning of December when I went to Kenya and okay. I shared a little bit of it on... Uh, in the beginning of my message, kind of given the background, but basically yeah. I went to Kenya expecting one thing, mm-hmm. got the complete opposite, and it was actually, I went there expecting it to be this amazing thing, went there, it was actually a pretty rough trip, Yeah, uh, you know, my suitcase was missing forever, oh, different man. people, frustrations, all this stuff. You gotta and wear then, some man's clothes <laughs> yeah, for the whole trip. Yeah, like or... a 75-year-old missionary's <laughs> clothes for like eight days, it was yes. rough. Yes. I'm shopping at a Kenyan mall, and they don't do American sizing. And so, oh, like, no. I got a bunch of clothes that I thought would fit me, and then they ended up being, like, skin tight on me. It was like, <laughs> oh, it was so oh, rough. No. It was so rough. But anyway, all that to say, it was just a rough first half of the trip and every yeah. day. And I know I've talked to you a bunch about this. Sure. Um, yeah. But, like, every day I'd go up for the prayer thing at 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning, and the Kenyans and just how overly kind they were, just like spoke yeah. volumes about it. Mm-hmm. And then when I was like on my way back, I was just kind of praying, like because the trip did not go how I had anything envisioned sure. at yeah. all. And yeah. I was like, dang. I was like, Lord, I was like, well, what are you trying to show me? Because that is not what I like wanted nor yeah. expected or anything like that. Right. And then he just started kind of, dishing like the little phrase it never spoke audibly but just like this phrase kept coming to mind it was just like simple gospel because i just kept thinking like all i could think about is how kind the kenyans were right then so that led me on this like tired and then like that came back and it um i didn't have time to share all this from the pulpit but like then that came back and we had been doing like monday night worship nights on a school yeah and it was just like um we wanted to start doing outreach and we were just like overthinking it and then i was just like i looked at my friend carter one day we had just gotten back from Taco Bell, yeah. and he said, he goes, dude, I feel like I needed to say something to that. We were at Taco Bell, and he's like, I feel okay. like I have a word for this guy. Wow. And then I was like, oh, dang. And then he, the dude never came back out to the window. Somebody else brought our food. And we're like, oh. Carter just like pulled away, and we're like, dang. And then we got back to um, our apartments, and Carter was like, dude, he goes, I really feel like I needed to say something to him. And I was like, yeah. and I had this like r- ringing in my head, like simple gospel, simple gospel. And I was like, like, let's just turn around. Let's just go. Yeah. I was like, just turn around and put it in park or put it in drive right now. Let's go. And then he was like, okay, okay. Like, and then so, like, and then so then that translated. And then, like, we went back and there was like this huge moment. And this dude, like, yeah. starts bawling. He's like going through a terrible time and like how much it meant wow. to him, stuff like that. And then it all just started hitting me. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's like everything that like I've always thought has just been so like complex. So then I started looking. And then what kind of brought about this message is, um, I just started looking at like what I had like known per, like previously in the church and stuff, or what yeah. I am seeing in the current status of the church. Right. That are like maybe um, distractions, like just kind of like pruning myself, saying yeah. like, okay, like what have I overcomplicated myself with that I'm like freaking out because the Taco Bell manager didn't come back out. Like I could have just drove around and just knocked on the door. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like so, um, and then that's where. And then PT started, uh, then PT asked me to preach, and I was like, 
I was like, okay. I was like, so I definitely think this is the route you want me to go. Got right. it. And originally, was just going to do off the fear of God. And then I was like, and then he just started, was like, no, I want you to hit everything that I've been walking you through for not only the past few months, but it carries on into the past few years, which I got into in the second point. But yeah. Right. So it all kicked off with um, fear of the Lord. And I just, as I, and nothing in specific, and I was like, there's nobody special to call out. Yeah. But, um, when I looked at like the current state of like the church and everything, I just and listening to different songs and stuff, I just kept couldn't help but notice just like how much like um like me centered everything was and how yeah. it was like um and I said in my I said I was like the church has just become so like fascinated with the lamb side of God yeah. that we forget about the lion side and we've like lost this we've almost got like this hippie view of Jesus it's just like right. oh I can come and like I don't need to change and stuff like that because he still loves me like for who I am and then like I was like no I was like no 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 yeah. I was like I was like that's so far off right and then right. Uh, so that's like what drove me to the fear of the Lord and then I started looking into it more and it's like it's mentioned 186 times in scripture and over 20 times in Proverbs alone so I mean, like, what? How many? Was it thirty-one chapters in Proverbs? So you're looking at yeah, almost over fifty percent of the books of chapters of Proverbs has something about fear of the Lord. Oh yeah. And so I was just like, this is like, I was like, this is absolutely. I was like, I think this has to be like one of the first things that you need to like realign yourself with. Yeah. Like, um, in your walk with God, and like with my whole idea, like my whole, I said it a million times this sermon is like getting back to the cross. It's like you have to you have to have this reverence of God and this fear of the Lord. Like, yeah. Cause if that, if you don't have that, then it's like, I don't know that it's no different than just your best buddy down the road. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah it's just like, we have to remember that it's a double sided sword. Yeah, no, I mean the fear of the Lord is, you know, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you have to have it. And, and actually Francis Chin does a good series. Uh, it's called basic series. And it's a great thing for if you're new to the faith mm-hmm. or just want to get back to the basics. He has a whole basic series. It's a set of videos and it's like on like right now media, or you can find them on DVD, all of that. Mm-hmm. But the, the very first one he has is on the fear of God. Yep. Um, and he really does a great explanation of what it is. What is that? And it's, and he goes into the point where it's not just like even, uh, it's not, um, like your, uh, how should I say it? Like, oh, it's just like, oh, I have a little bit of a healthy respect, but like, it's no big deal if mm-hmm. I do this or do that. And it's like, no, like if you, f- you see everybody who actually comes face to face with God yeah. and deals with it, mm-hmm. it is like a, they are completely trembling in their in their shoes yeah. and they are, they get faint or they mm-hmm. are falling at the ground because it's literally just so intense. Exactly. And it's not like that he's, it's not like somebody standing over you with a spear ready to spear you, you know, and you're like, please save my mm-hmm. life. You know, don't, you know, don't, don't hurt me. It's not like that. It's more of like a fear of where it's like the extreme holiness and perfection of God is so mm-hmm. immense. And and because you see perfection in all of its glory, you then see just how you're not perfect and how maybe not so great you are. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's very like, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, intimidating where it's very mm-hmm. much like, oh my Humbling. gosh, like I... How did I ever treat this as mundane? How did I ever see exactly. this as something as just laissez-faire? And uh, and so for me, like, yeah, the fear of the Lord is so big, and people try to like try to excuse it away or try to make light mm-hmm. of it. But it's it's a very intense thing that when you experience Him, experience perfect perfection, mm-hmm. um, man, it, it's really um, it draws you to straight up humility and straight up to. Um, deal with the pride and other things in mm-hmm. our lives, and, and it and eradicates it. It crucifies yeah. your pride when you fully uh, experience the fear of the Lord. Yeah, and I have that. I had that later on. And the thing literally says, "Fear of the Lord creates humility and humble hearts." Like that's all yes. it does. And I went through like wow. all of the prophets and stuff, and all these great oh, yeah. people that like trembled wow. before God, and like what they had to do afterwards. But um, yeah. the big thing that I wanted to hit with fear of the Lord, and kind of like my emphasis through the whole thing was it was Exodus 20, um, 18 through 21. And I won't, I'll read the whole thing. Why not? So sure. basically this is just Moses. Um, he's coming down. He just came down with the 10 commandments and it says, now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sounds of trumpets and the mountain smoking, yeah. the people were afraid and trembled and they stood far off and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. Yeah. Moses said to the people, this is like the big home run part. It says, do not fear for God has come to test you that the fear of him may be before you that you may not sin. 
people stood far off while Moses draw near to the thickness of the darkness, whatever. So, yeah. but like that idea is the fear. So like what separates us from God is sin and the fear of the Lord drives us away from sin. And um, that was like my, like one of my big home run points for this thing. I was just yeah. like, the fear of the Lord should drive you to not want to sin. Like you right. should not want, and like, and that was my issue when I looked at a lot of um, the modern uh, state of the church is just like, I've seen a lot of people just like, they're living like lukewarm. They're sitting in these two sides and nobody yeah. wants to address sin anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, like even like, and you can put blame on, I hear a lot of people putting blame on pastors and stuff. It's like, oh, well, they're not preaching repentance. They're not, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? They're not addressing sin. It's like, well, it really shouldn't be the past. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're a believer, if you've lost sight of the fear of the Lord, you're not going to see your problem with your sin. Like you said, you're not seeing his perfection and seeing your imperfection. So it's like yeah. when you return to that fear of the Lord, you suddenly realize, like, it pushes you away from sin because you realize yeah. how imperfect you are. And ultimately, sin is the problem. And I think yeah. that has been lost. The side of that has been a little lost um, in the modern time, but sin is the issue, and the fear of the Lord drives us away from that. Yeah. No, that's a great point. And that's, um, like, I, like the Bible, like I said, it was the beginning of wisdom, Mm-hmm. And so having the wisdom to understand this, and it's not earthly wisdom, it's heavenly wisdom. And uh, this is the beginning of it. And er- heavenly wisdom is not going to look like what seems to be wise to the world around you. Exactly. So when you wanting to abstain from things and this and that, and people are just going to be bewildered because they're like, what do you mean? It's like, I get so much gratification from it. I get so much satisfaction from it. And um, and in reality, you know, when you have the true God things, when you when you've partaken of what God has to offer in this relationship and, and walking in holiness, it's like you, you don't ever want to go back because exactly. it's, it's just one of those things where you're just like, yeah, that stuff doesn't doesn't do it for me anymore. That stuff, mm-hmm. man, is just like ash in the mouth, as, yes. it, as it says, uh, you know, those things. So, I mean, but I think that was a great point because I think, yes, I think because people have dumbed down the fear of God mm-hmm. and the importance of it, and, and, and you're right. I mean, preachers, like, our main job is to preach what the Word of God already says. Mm-hmm. People, like, want to get mad at preachers or whatever, but it's, like, ultimately, like, I have to be obedient to God. So I fear God more than I ever will fear man. And so I need to preach this uh, because the God is putting it on my heart to preach it. And mm-hmm. the other the other whole, you know, thing of this is the fact that I'm preaching what God has already said in His Word. Yeah. So you're acting like I came up with this message, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to target <laughs> you or to whatever. And people mm-hmm. get kind of uh, short-sighted with that where they feel like, oh, my gosh, that message, like, I think he's preaching at me or he's talking at me. It's like, I'm not thinking about you in that moment. I'm trying to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit yeah. when I'm preaching. But if it's hitting home, mm-hmm. then that's the Holy Spirit ministering to your heart. So yeah. don't get all, you know, huffy and puffy, you know, when somebody's just preaching the Word of mm-hmm. God. You know, yeah. you can challenge things if it's not in the Word of God at all. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, yeah, by all means, then, you know, you are to you know, bring up with that, and through your personal study and your walk with God, you'll know how to, you know, um, they call it, you know, chew the wheat and spit out the stubble, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But but there's that whole thing where, you know, we have dumbed it down mm-hmm. um, to the point because we, we feel, like, inadequate or we feel like we have to feel somewhat, like, we have to dumb down the fear of the Lord because... Uh, well, God's like all loving and mm-hmm. like, but we're, how can you do the fear? And I love what you said. Your quote was, he's like a perfect love casts out all fear. So a lot of people hear that and they're like, yeah, perfect love casts out all fear. So how can like, I fear the mm-hmm. Lord, but he's supposed to be perfect love. He's supposed to have this. And it's like perfect love casts out all fear when your fear is toward the source of perfect love. Mm-hmm. And that's that essence where it's like when I'm putting it, when I'm the only thing I fear is the Lord. Because he's the only one, like Jesus even said, he goes, don't fear like kings and Mm -hmm. people that can destroy the body but can't destroy the soul, but fear the one who can destroy the soul. Mm -hmm. And that's that's only in God's hands. Yes. So it's one of those things like, you know, that's the proper way to look at it. And so when I look at that, everything else, then Mm -hmm. I'm free from those fears. I'm free from that because I'm in this perfect love thing. And within that, there is a a deep reverence, uh, respect, but also an understanding that my soul is in his hands. Literally, mm-hmm. and uh, and so it's it's um, it's humbling and yes. it's petrifying at the same time. Um, so that also pushes us then to want to love and do everything we can uh, for him because we love him and that we mm-hmm. you know we want to be able to do that. And that's some people struggle with that. You know, well, how do I do preach the word of God or mm-hmm. how do I do this? But then, like, but you're supposed to love them, you know, and love people. And yeah, it's like. <clears throat> 
this is the greatest love message I could tell you. Exactly. Is the is the fear God because if you don't, mm-hmm. I said then you won't you'll lack wisdom. Mm-hmm. And if you lack wisdom, then you're gonna go aloof yeah. and a fool a fool in your spiritual walk. Exactly. Why and would that, I want like, you to do that? <laughs> and that exactly. And that like plays right into like my last little thing on that first point is um it was uh the, it's actually the last words of David and I gave this to like PT, but I mean it goes for everybody, but this is just specifically speaking of leaders and we were just talking about leaders, but um Yeah. Uh, David, okay, he says a lot of, he repeats the same thing, so I'm not going to read it all. But he says, the God of Israel has spoken. This is David saying, he's saying, the God of Israel has spoken, the rock of Israel has said to me, when one rules justly over men, ruling in the fear of God, he dawns on them like the morning light, like the sun shining forth on a cloud this morning, like rain that makes the grass to sprout from the earth. And like you were saying earlier, um, it's like your job is to preach the word of God as a preacher. Like that's your job, that's your role. And, um, I think a lot of, like, fears and stuff can get thrown on with that, you know, because you have, like, um, like, like you brought up, like, people saying, well, that was targeted at me, like, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah. it's, like, the bottom line is Ecclesiastes says that, I believe it's Ecclesiastes, don't quote me on that, but it says that <sighs> eternity is written on the hearts of everybody, and whether they know it or not, and um, that, like, the Word of God is, like, what will fulfill them. And it's what will dawn, like, dawn on them. Like, he's very poetic, obviously, but yeah. it's what they need. And so, like, I just wanted to encourage PT, like, don't fear his word. Don't fear his division. Don't fear man. Don't fear, like, the true, like, yeah. doctrine, you know. Um, like, fear God and not preaching his divine word because whether people realize it or not, that's what they need. Yeah. And sometimes it can hurt people, and sometimes you'll lose people. You know, yeah. a lot of times it'll offend people, but... I mean, Jesus was in the business of offending people. I mean, yes. he offended a lot of people with his teachings. <laughs> it was like, so yeah. I just wanted to, that was like a word of encouragement. Like, not only for PT, for all leaders. It's just like, sure. It's like, be okay. Like, just be confident. Again, keep your fear in God and understand, like, okay, I right. need to rule in the fear of God. And I know that it's what the people need. Cause it says, I mean, like, the imagery you use, I mean, imagine like a, a big drought and then rain comes. Yeah. That's what he's, a, that's what he is comparing the fear ruling in the fear of God to which is yeah. just like you just have to have it have to have it but yeah so that was like my last um thing for the yeah. fear of the God for fear of God and then um like you said before we started the second point was definitely um like the beef the beefier point the beefier section of my message and yeah. I just think one I think it's just because I think when I started analyzing the idea of like simple gospel mm-hmm. and I started looking at everything um, with like modern church and stuff, I just seen a lot of, and it kind of plays in with the fear where I was saying like, everybody wants to get so tied up in the lamb thing. Everybody just wants to yeah. talk about God for his benefits. Um, so I put Christ over benefits. Like we have to want Christ over benefits. And sure. um, this goes for like everything. Like, um, like obviously I leaned more towards the miracle sign cause I see a lot of that, but I mean like all these, like everything is like, so like, I'm okay. Like I'm not worried, you know, like, that I get, pe- like, all I, 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 and it's like, um, yeah. and what got me into that was the, I watched a video, I'll share it again real quick, I shared it on Sunday, this guy was going, he was sharing about how he was going to physical therapy, and he had broke, did something to shoulder, completely destroyed his shoulder, and he, um, he was a believer, and he said that he was sitting in his car, yeah. praying before he went into um, physical therapy, he was like, God, if you would just heal my shoulder, if you would just... Make it good as new, and I could run in there and I could show my shoulder off, and everybody be like, "Oh my gosh, how is it healed?" Yeah, uh, they I'd tell them all about you, and they'd all believe you. And yeah, I mean that would probably work if God did that, and all the you know that would probably be great. But right. what God absolutely humbled him with, and hit this guy in the face with, and it therefore hit me in the face. He's saying all this. Well, God, if you would just heal me, if you would just heal me, I would yeah. be. Able to. And then God just goes, "Was the cross not enough?" Yeah, and it was just like. Mic yeah, drop, you right, know what I'm saying, right. and uh, mm. and then um, I toss in the scripture Matthew sixteen four says, "In an evil, an evil and an adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah." And then he left them and departed. And uh, I I brought up Landon's sermon about oh, yeah. how I don't <laughs> I don't want a Jonah sign, but sure. we can, we cannot sing or preach solely about the benefits or from the benefits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like. Like that guy, he wanted to just go preach off of a healed shoulder, but we have to get back um, to the cross. And like my whole thing was like that. The cross is enough. The cross is enough. Like if I could take my whole second section and make it into one sentence, it's just the cross is enough. And I was just talking about how um, no matter what, like 
everything above everything beyond the cross is just his abundant goodness, grace and mercy. Yeah. You know, but the cross is already enough. And uh but I didn't want to get up here and make all these bold claims without relating it and uh sure. that was like probably I mean, it's hard that I had to go through a lot of stuff, but I, w- I was able to, like, give, like, kind of my testimony through it. It's like, you yeah. know, when I started getting serious about my faith, it was when my sister, Hunter, got miraculously healed. Oh, yeah. Okay. Her spine completely straightened out overnight. Like, yeah. doctors bamboozled everything. Like, the whole should be, like, the whole thing. And wow. uh, so, like, that was why I believed, like, crazy. I was like, oh, man, like, I'm on fire for God. And on, for two years, I was on fire but what I realized, I like what I didn't know at that time is I was building no depth. I was just building. Wow. I was building my whole faith off of one temporary moment that happened with my sister, which sure. isn't a bad thing, you know. The miracles stir up faith, you know, and like all the Bibles, yeah. they would come and because he healed them. Oh, you know, but they would believe in him, not the miracle. But I was believing in the miracle more than I was believing in him. And then yeah. life happened, and I lost four people in the span of a year. Everybody around uh, Fusion knows most of that story. Yeah. But then life happened, and then suddenly I just got destroyed. I, I had no roots or foundations, mm-hmm. and I just realized um, the one of my big points here is that your faith must run deeper than a physical sign or miracle because all things physical will pass eventually, yeah. no matter what. And so like, that was kind of like my big point that I wanted to hound on the first little part of that before I got into the Matthew Scripture, but... Um, and then I brought up your point where it's like, don't get so caught up in the sign that you forget mm. who and what the sign is pointing to. And just like yeah. my whole thing was like, miracles are great. I was like, I'm, I wanted to emphasize that. I didn't want to come up here and preach yeah, like sure. anti-miracles. Because like, that's not like, that is so yeah, far that's not from what I, mean. I wanted to do. I was just like, yeah. I'm for miracles. Like, I'm so glad right. my, my sister got healed. I still look at that as like a huge faith moment for me. I mean, the doctor said she wouldn't be able to have kids and now she has a healthy kid. And the second one on the way, like, Yes, I'm for him. Like, I'm so glad my sister got healed. I was like, but, like, that cannot be the foundation. You have to have your your roots in Jesus alone and understand that because all things physical will come to pass. Yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, miracles, all that stuff is a byproduct of who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus, you know, walked around when he was here on earth. He, you know, he, yes, he did signs and wonders and miracles. And, and every miracle, every all those signs and stuff, also was speaking to a, a deeper message. You know, a, a thing about the kingdom of heaven is here, mm-hmm. and this and that, and uh, a preview of the future kingdom that's coming when Christ comes back. And so it is. It's part of you know, as they call it, it's children's bread. You know, children's bread is um, it's it's what they get from the Lord. You know, for instance, the Syrophoenician woman went to Jesus and was like, "Heal my daughter," and Jesus essentially was like. Yeah, well, this is children's bread. And he was talking about Jewish people. And then he was like, you know, you know, do we give the food to the dogs? Mm-hmm. Essentially called her a dog, you know. And uh, and she was just like, her faith was like, yeah, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the children's mm-hmm. table. And uh, and that we know that Jesus' ultimate goal was for all people to come to know, mm-hmm. you know, the gospel and, and become children of God uh, through the grafting in of faith. Um, but... There is that essence there where you see that children's bread, he was insinuating to those that are children, this is part of their thing is that they get this. But, you know, we love people. Everybody wants to be loved basically based off of who they are, not necessarily what they do for others, mm-hmm. right? If that would be like somebody who loved, who says they love you, right? They're all about it. They love, like, the relationship with you. And all the time they're always asking something from you to do something for them or always asking a favor or always you know, need, 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 need. And then it's like the moment you give them whatever their need is because you love them. And it's like, and then they like, you never hear from them mm-hmm. again. And, um, you know, that that's just taking advantage of, of a relationship. And mm-hmm. we don't want to take advantage of this relationship with Jesus where it's, I'm only in this based off of what he's going to do for me. And like, and what you said with the sign of Jonah or He's talking about like, yeah, a wicked, you know, adulterous generation asked for a sign. Mm-hmm. He's talking to these people who were basically saying like, you need to prove yourself to us. So do something, wow us, yeah. put on a show, mm-hmm. show us, amaze us. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of those, it's a very lofty, prideful stance to be in. And it's like, yeah, we'll see, like, go ahead and, and do something miraculous in front mm-hmm. of us. And, and Jesus wasn't there for a show. He was exactly. there to express the kingdom of heaven and what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know. 
Um, and you're not wicked to ask for a sign or you know somebody who's sick or ill and you want to see that happen and out of a pureness of your heart and a pureness of, of wanting to see them heal, like that's totally yeah. encouraged. You know, there's some people who flat out, you know, attack people for miracles or seeking signs and wonders and this and that. And, and that's not where we're at. We're we're trying to say, though, is you have to keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. And uh, and so, like, yeah, like the point that I said, it was, you know, don't be scared of so caught up in the sign that you miss what the sign's pointing to. Um, they're all, they're just signs, wonders, and miracles. That's what these are. And they're to showcase the glory of who Jesus is and exactly. showcase his authority and showcase the kingdom of heaven is at hand and he has all authority is under him in heaven. So you're praying for a miracle and you need a miracle. Keep seeking after that miracle for sure. Uh, don't, don't not, you know, go after it, but keep him as the main thing. And when you do that, no matter what the outcome is, you're going to be fine. Your heart's going to be satisfied because you have Jesus no matter what. Freely yeah. he gave, you know. So Exactly. Uh, but if a miracle does happen, praise God and, and be his witness. And sometimes when miracles, if they don't happen in the way how you think they should have, you know, we know that in, in heaven those miracles are, are completely fulfilled and in the whole age to come. Mm-hmm. See, we get so caught up in our life and we're like, oh my gosh, in this life. And you got to understand from God's perspective, you're like a vapor. Like you're literally here for a second and gone and then you're with him or you're standing before him for him to judge you. It's like you, in their perspective, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, in five minutes, you're, you're going to be with me. So, I, I, you know, and I'll intervene and stuff and, and use that for my glory. But there's other times where it's like, okay, but you experience now eternity, freedom, free mm-hmm. from all that in a glorified body. And if, so for eternity, you for sure will get to experience exactly. the healing and be set free. So mm-hmm. that's something that I, I think getting that heavenly perspective really helps us mm-hmm. and uh, within that. So keep praying for the miracle. Keep keep yeah. believing for that. We want that. We want to see that because it's it gives glory to Jesus. Um, but that's why the miracles and stuff, that's the main role of those is mm-hmm. to give glory to who Jesus is. Yeah. It's it's not... Um, you know, not just to see like, wow, look at me. I pray over how many people and they got healed or, you know, I, and, and I believe it. I'm fully believing in miracles. I mean, I, I've prayed for people in wheelchairs and, and they got up, people dealing with lupus, people dealing with, you know, you know, blindness or, you know, a deaf woman. I remember down in El Salvador, I prayed over her and she got, she got healed miraculously. Countless of people that I can count on my hand. And so, um, you know, that I know that have been healed and stuff like that, you know, like mm-hmm. Jesus worked through me to touch somebody like that. So I'm a full believer of it. Um, but you can't let that become the main yeah. thing like you're saying. Yeah, and I and the, to go off of that, I, I brought up Mark sixteen seventeen. It says these signs, and uh, I had it, like, emphasized, will accompany those yes. who believe. And I was saying, like, if I'm, if me and somebody who is accompanying me are following yeah. someone, and I like stood there, and then I said, but then I suddenly turned my entire body to the person accompanying me. I now lose sight on who we are following. Sure. And then we're both going to get lost. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, um, I was like, if something is accompanying you, then you cannot follow it. It cannot be the yeah. leader. Um, I was like, your eyes are on Jesus, and miracles will follow. It's not yeah. the other way around. You know, you can't mm-hmm. have a, it should go, Jesus, you, miracles. Not right. miracles, you, Jesus. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Um, and then, uh, to go on, uh, you also hit like, but kind of was like my, um, the ending of it is, uh, you were talking about the eternal mindset and I was talking yeah. about Matthew nine, one, eight, I won't read it all, but it's the story of the paralytic and, um, how his friends brought him in there. But to jump into the part where I was talking about is, uh, they brought the paralytic in and Jesus said to him, take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. And, uh, that like. I mean, the, can you imagine the paralytic guy? He's probably like, what? Like, what? Like, I came here because I can't walk. Sure. And yeah. Jesus is like, no, your sins are forgiven. Like, take heart. Like, yeah. And if Jesus wanted to stop there, that would have been fine. You know, like, sure. your sins are forgiven. Um, but so, take heart, your son, son, your sins are forgiven. But then after that, he healed him from his... Um, healed him from his par- uh, his paralysis. And, yeah. like, what that shows is, like, what God had, God is on the eternal mindset... And he addressed the eternal issue. And I have in all capitals, and it was one of my big, probably the biggest point is like sin is the eternal problem and the cross is the eternal healing. Right. It's like we must understand first and foremost the cross is enough. And anything beyond that is bonus because he is abundantly gracious and merciful. Yes. Um, And I said, secondly, we must understand his mindset is eternal, in which we can't comprehend. That's what you were saying. 
And third, that we must understand that if any healing is to happen, it has to line up with his will. And that's like, I would say, out of all the things when it comes to like signs, miracles, and wonders, that's the hardest one. Because it's like, it's as simple as sometimes it just won't happen. I've been on both sides of it. I mean, I watched my sister get healed, and then I also watched people I know mm-hmm. um, pass away slowly as I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for a miracle, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just said, the, the thing I really wanted to emphasize is like, it's such an easy trap to fall into, but we can't fall into it, is we cannot fall into the trap of making our will God's will. Because sure. his will is perfect and perfection. And we know that sickness and stuff is not in his nature. Death is not his plan. Right. Um, but we chose this. You know, like humans and our sinful nature, we chose this. And he, his will is to heal us eventually. But sometime, sometimes his healing for us is heaven. And sometimes it's not what we, like we, like we said, with him being on the eternal mindset. I mean, I can sit here and try and ramble on about it for hours. Yeah. We'll never be able to comprehend it, you know. But sometimes... Yeah. His will is beyond what we can comprehend, and just because we didn't get the healing that we thought would have been the healing doesn't mean they didn't get healed. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, you don't know. And But my huge emphasis was about that. It was just like that the cross was enough. The cross was enough, and anything past that is just him being abundantly good and gracious to us. And I'm so thankful for that, and I'll forever cling to that. I'm all for the miracles and signs, and I want them yeah. to keep happening, and I want to be so in tune with Jesus that they keep happening, you know? And right. I just want to make sure that that's not what we're chasing and worshiping and like wanting um, specifically because, like I said earlier in the message, all those will come to pass. Yeah. Well, and and the other thing too, you know, I've seen people believe or where things don't turn out the way they thought, mm-hmm. and they they actually allow bitterness in their heart. Yeah. And then they then they get to this bitterness or disdain. Or even talking about miracles or hearing about it, and they get mm-hmm. almost angry when other people experience miracles and other stuff. And you know, that's just something. That's a you problem. That's not a God problem. That's a you problem. If yeah. you are, you have allowed bitterness to take hold of your heart. And so, here's the great premise that I, I've always said: is like, look, I I will always pray for healing or pray for yeah, uh, you know, miracles that happen, mm-hmm. right? And and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But I know that out of the ten times that I prayed for this illness or pray for healing, mm-hmm. and five times out of the ten people get healed. That's five times that people got healed because I was obedient mm-hmm. and understood the yeah. assignment of what we're to do. And, and that's keeping it. And so when you keep your focus on Jesus, like what Casey's saying here in the sermon, you keep that on there, bitterness won't enter into your heart, even if things mm-hmm. don't pan out the way exactly. they are, because you still realize that I got the greatest gift ever freely given to me, that I don't have to go and experience the cross, that I don't have to go and, and deal with everything that Christ has dealt with, that he paid that price exactly. for me. So when you have that in order... Bitterness, you're going to protect yourself from bitterness entering in your heart when things don't pan out the way mm-hmm. how you'd like them to. So I think that's like such a huge point um, because I know yeah. some people have really let bitterness in and they use that as ammo to maybe go against these things or create a theory or a theology mm-hmm. or a doctrine out of this, which is a false doctrine that says that those things don't happen today. They're not, you know, yeah. just, they're not for you. Well, I, I'm living proof of those things. Your sister's yeah. living proof. Mm-hmm. You know, these people, yes. And we go for it. but yeah. And I can speak out of experience yeah. that with the bitterness thing because, like, I had the—I had the—I had, like, I was in a different book. I had the miracle, but then when it didn't happen to me, I got super mad yeah. at God. But like you said, it's because I had no—I wasn't—my eyes weren't on Jesus, so bitterness yeah. immediately took place in my heart. Right. And then that's when I realized, I was like, oh, my foundation is on something yeah. unlasting. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Well, and the other thing too, I love the paralytic story. I remember I was traveling with uh, Michael Coleonis. He's like a an evangelist. We were down in Texas doing a conference, and I remember I was in my hotel room, and we were, uh, and it was that that portion of scripture I was really meditating on and getting into. And I was just mm-hmm. like, you know, the cool thing about miracles, though, is that every time they do happen, based off this story, is that it's proving and showcasing the authority that Jesus does have and that he did pay the price on the cross, Mm -hmm. that it really did happen and he really did get resurrected because every miracle that happened is just pointing back to Mm -hmm. Jesus and what he's done, that he has the authority to do it. And because that's the whole premise of this. The guy's like, yeah, your your sins are forgiven. And that was huge because people who were lame or blind or deaf, what Jewish culture believed is that you were that way because of the sins in your life. So it was a huge thing. He validated this man that, you know, those sins are forgiven, those things, you're, you're clean. And so that's where that is. And then, you know, the whole 
premise of what's easier then for me to say that his sins are forgiven or yeah. for him to get up and walk. And they were like, well, yeah, if you get up and walk, it'd be a miracle. Like only God could do that. And he did it to prove the point that I do Man. have the authority to forgive Won't sins. Won't he do it? Won't yeah. he do it? Won't he do it? <laughs> so every miracle... Everything that we see that comes breakthrough, you yes. know, the healing from your sister and all this stuff, like, man, that's just showcasing the fact that Christ, it's just glimpses of the truth that Christ, you know, paid the price on the cross, but he's also buried and resurrected. Yes. Therefore, has the power and authority um, for that to ha- transpire, and it's proof that he has the power and authority to forgive sins. So exactly, that's what I love um, love about that story so much. Yeah. Um, so on to the third point uh, of just the... Simplicity of yes. Jesus. By the way, have you ever heard the song? It's called "The Simple Gospel" by Will Reagan and the United Pursuit. Mm-mm. Oh man, are you familiar <laughs> with United Pursuit? Yes. Okay, I've heard of them. They're like the, one of the OGs from yes. <laughs> uh, like just worship style. That's really popular now. They're a really great worship team. So if you've never heard of United Pursuit, they're literally down in like. Uh, like in Tennessee or yeah, I want to say Tennessee or Kentucky. I, I can't remember exactly where, but they have like live at the banks house is one of the best albums ever on worship. And <laughs> literally every Tuesday or Thursday, they literally meet at a house and they worship That's the Lord. So awesome. And Will Riggins is an amazing um, songwriter, but there's a, there's a song called the simple gospel and it's just an amazing song. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to show you that after yeah, this podcast. For sure. For sure. <laughs> but anyways, but yeah. yeah. Um, to dive in the third one is uh, I was Boggling around, I had like all of the content written down, but I didn't really know what to call it. Yeah. And then I was just like, and then I remembered my, and I ended up bringing it up. Uh, my dad, he's always said this dumb joke thing, but it's called the KISS method. And <laughs> K-I-S-S, it stands for keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. And I was like, okay, simplicity. That's what I'm going to call it. There you go. And uh, which ended up applying with the point really well. But yeah, just keep it simple, stupid. Like it's that, and I think that's uh, my... Um, Willard, Ohio way of telling uh, the modern church just to just relax. Like we're just, I think, <laughs> um, like we're just, it's like, it's okay. Like we're, So basically what I was getting in with this um, is I was just seeing so much stuff that was getting so much weight put on it with like uh, like the modern era and stuff that I just like, I really, I was just like, I think it's so much more simple than what we're making it. And I brought up a couple of these terms, and I was pretty nervous, honestly, to bring up these terms because I was (laughs) like, oh, gosh. I was like, everybody's going to hate me. But I was like, I'm not – none of these things are bad. They're all good things. You know, like, they're all great. Like, um, and, like, but I think with anything that is to do with Christ – it can be taken to a point that is bad. I mean, Ecclesiastes, a writer of Ecclesiastes says, warns, Against like cert, like taking his teachings too far, he's like this can yeah. be taken too far because I mean Ecclesiastes is like low key depressing, <laughs> but it's like he's like but he's like literally he's like take he's like be careful with this don't yeah. pursue this with everything you have like because it can turn very bad and you can fall on yeah. this big trip of like and so but um the couple terms that I was just thinking of that I couldn't shake was just like these ideas of and these are words that I've heard. Um, I put like I put up here. I was like I've been saved for almost seven years, and I've been hearing like all these songs about like uh, like fires and all this crazy stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. I I'm not gonna call it because I still love all the songs, but it's just like yeah. I was just saying. I'm like man, like I'm just not seeing it. It's like I've been singing about these songs for like years. And I just never like really see it. And I'm like I, just, I just think we've gotten so involved with like singing. You know, it's like we've almost like idolized that yeah. concept. And like so, a couple of these are like identity activation, the idea of, like, fresh fire, and then new revelations. Yeah. Now, if you take all these in a biblical context, they're great, you know? Yeah, sure. Like, but they've just been so overcomplicated. It's like um, everything is, like, and what I went through is, like, take, like, the church of, like, Corinthians, for example. Yeah. It's like they were going through some crap. Like, they were the worst of the worst. Like, <laughs> And it's like Paul didn't show up and say, like, all of these things, like, He's like, oh, well, you guys, I think, just have an identity problem. Or, like, you guys, yeah, like, right. maybe we can activate your guys' faith, like, stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, no, every correction that Paul gave, and, like, literally, you, you look through Corinthians, every single one of them points directly back to the cross. Like, yeah. they're, like, straight from the gospel. Wow. And so I was just like, none of these things are bad when they're biblically grounded, and I sure. just think people can get so lost. And so I was, like, I was like, if you need your identity, I was like, I'll give it to you in one sentence here. I was like... 
you were you deserved the crucifixion, but you didn't. Like yeah. <laughs> there's your identity. Like yeah. Jesus did it for you. You've found your identity. You're, you're a child a sinner, of God. Now you're a saint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're a child of God, saved by grace. There yeah. you go. Like, and that's as far as it needs to go. You know. Sure. <laughs> and then like activated. I was like, you need activated. I was like, the resurrection. Like you said earlier, the yeah. miracles, signs, and wonders are proof of His resurrection. Like the yes. stuff that accompanies us. That is our activation. What did he do right after he was resurrected? He commissioned us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's your activation. Like, right. we don't need all... I don't need a evangelist yes. to come in and say, you have been activated. Now I can go do my ministry. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like... Right. Um, no, yeah. And then, like, I kept going. I was like, I was like, fresh fire. I was like, the fire hasn't went out. Yeah. I was like, the fire has been going for 2,000 years since Jesus was <laughs> resurrected. You know? I was like, I just think we have lost sight. I was like... I was yeah. like, I think I don't think we need a fresh fire. I was like, um, I was like, I think we just need to realign our sight with the fire that's been burning. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, and then the last one I said, uh, and I sum it all up in the last one is like, I was like, new revelations, and it's like, it's okay if you're like reading the Bible and you're like, oh, God, like, and like, you know, open this up. I never like, you know, like logos and Rama, like, sure, Rama, yeah. like he, like, oh, like he laid this on my heart. It's, but like we have people nowadays, like you said earlier, like taking their like their bitterness and stuff, creating all these false things. I was just like, yeah. new rev- like I've heard, I've heard that so much. If any of those I've emphasized would be this one. It's like the cross needs no addition. Right. His, his love, his mercy, his grace is complete. Yeah. The gospel is complete. And I was just like, why have we become so obsessed with trying to add to the God inspired word with our tiny finite minds? It's like, right. this is like, if we believe that the scripture is God inspired and God written, I'm like, so why are we, like so obsessed with it and I closed it all up. I was like, or uh, not close up. I summed all those together. Yeah. I'm like, what do we think the apostles had? It's like, yeah, the apostles didn't go around preaching like all this crazy, all these crazy terminologies. And I'm not saying these right. terminologies are bad, but here's what the apostles did. And back to my keep it simple, stupid method. It's kids method. They said, I seen Jesus get crucified. Yeah. I seen him alive. Right. He's overcome the grave there like that's now the holy spirit has come like right that is and like and i mean obviously i mean we can go over the book of acts for hours it's like oh sure. you've seen what they had and it's just like i was just like i was i don't know i don't want to say i was like i wasn't mad but i was just like flustered i was like man i was like we've just gotten like we've taken something that is so like simply answered through the cross of jesus and we have turned it into such this big theological web that it is like taking our eyes off of yeah. Jesus. And right. like I just wanted to say like and that's why I was worried at the beginning. I was like, I'm not trashing any of these things. Sure. They're all great. Yes, finding your identity in Jesus. Yes. Like the commission is your act yes, these are all good. Just don't let it become such a thing where you're like so fascinated by it that you lose sight of Jesus. And that's yeah. kinda like my idea for like the for that point with the KISS method and keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, no, I think that's that was all good. You know, just highlighting those things. You know, making a mountain out of these molehills of these things. Yes, but, that's such a good way you know, to say it. Just like you know, you're these are these are good things. These are part of the truth. Yeah, but you know, yeah, people will do a whole series on some of these things. It's like, man, you know, like okay, like yeah, it is as as simply put as that. It's like what Christ did when he lived, died, buried, resurrected. You know. That's yeah, turn us from sinners into saints, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so our heart is that we want to you know live as saints because that's our identity. But you know, very simple stuff. Um, so just knowing who God says you are, knowing those things, yeah. Um, so um, and I love that it cross needs no additives, it mm-hmm. needs no no addition. Um, it literally is complete, a hundred percent. And uh, and you're right. Uh, the great um, commission, you know, well, you have the day of Pentecost. I would say is the is the church's activation, mm-hmm. and that's literally from there. And literally through generation to generation of people praying for the Holy Spirit. When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, that is your activation. That's good for life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I need a reactivation. Yeah, I need, and that like goes know, with fresh fire. Yeah, well. fresh fire. Yeah, I mean, you know, I heard this um, quote one time, or it was a story. Of uh, Todd White was telling me this, uh, telling us this story, and he said, "You know, the thing is, I was he's like I was saved for about a year or two, and he goes, I was in this hospital. We were praying over people, and the nurse that came in, who was tending to the patient, she was just like, oh, 'Oh, you're saved and stuff.' He's like, 'Yeah, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I am.' And and uh, he's like, 'Yeah, I love him. He's amazing.' Da, da, da. And she goes, 'Oh, that's so sweet. It's so amazing how you're just you love Jesus so much and stuff.' And 
He's like, yeah. He's like, don't you? She's like, well, yeah, I do. She's like, I do. But, you know, you'll see. Life goes on. and Things happen and this and that. And disappointments and things like this. And so, you know, so you'll see, like, how your passion will just fade. Like, you won't be passionate. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, he looked at her. He goes, ma'am, he goes, did Jesus ever change? He goes, if, you, if you're focused in on Jesus and see the beauty of mm-hmm. him and see the revelation of exactly. him and, and everything that he has done and offered, I said, did that ever change? He goes... And, you know, essentially what was going on is she got her sights off of Jesus mm-hmm. and on other things that came from her relationship with Jesus. And they didn't pan out necessarily maybe fully the way how she thought or this or that. But then it, it dulled her walk and dulled her passion. And uh, and so if you keep your eyes, like you were saying in this mm-hmm. sermon, keeping your eyes on Christ and following him, he is enough. And it is enough for a lifelong attribute. I mean, in those disciples that you talked about, like, well, what else did they have? They have these special... You know, they have these special uh, activation series or they mm-hmm. had this, you know, all these things that we're kind of, we have nowadays, you know, and all this. Like, they had this, the plain gospel. They had the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it gave them boldness to preach the gospel. And they went to all ends of the earth and every single one of them died a, a, a ferocious death, mm-hmm. you know, if you research. And uh, and they, they all were attacked. And so there, there was that thing. And even like John, the one who did not die necessarily, he died of old age, but there was still like he was... Still thrown in a pot of boiling oil. Yeah, thrown in a pot of boiling oil, <laughs> and then God miraculously saved him. He he survived that. Then they excluded him over to the island of Patmos, mm-hmm. so he was exiled there for a while. And then it's like then he came back, and I guess you know there's an old Christian tradition. You know, it's not necessarily in the Bible, but a Christian tradition is that one of the um, that one of the people that literally uh, before he went to the island of Patmos, one of the guards actually took a knife and gouged out his eyes. So he was having these visions and revelation. It was from, you know, purely the spirit and mm-hmm. he wasn't able to see with his eyes. So it's just kind of like there's stuff that they, you know, paid the price for that they did. And it wasn't like all these additives. It was mm-hmm. simply the gospel. Yeah. And, and like, kept their passion. And the thing about them is just like, I guess the way I would describe it is like, these things are good, like in the correct context. And it's just like water is good for <laughs> you, you know, in the correct amounts and volumes. Right. But you if you drink too much water it can kill you and it's like yes. if you get so enthralled with these things it's not going to kill you but like it can do damage you know like it's just like you can get so obsessed with these things that it ends up actually taking your attention like off of Jesus and yes. that's it that's all i wanted to that's all i really wanted to emphasize it's like i don't want to sit up here and trash everything you guys have ever known i just want you to understand like these things like just keep it remember what it's all rooted out of yeah. and um what i kind of closed with is uh is um Galatians 6:14 and this is just one of my most favorite the way Paul words it is just oh, the so good I mean obviously it was the holy spirit writing so but he says as for me may I never boast about anything except the cross of our lord Jesus Christ because of that cross my interest in this world has been crucified and the world's interest in me has also died mm-hmm. and just that idea of just like and there's a song by Elevation that was out on their new um, like Live from the Loft album. It's called Lamb. Okay. And um, it just says, I will make my boast in your cross alone. Um, and just like that that idea is just like, and uh, I, I used my dumb teenager lingo up there, but I was just like, humans, I was like, honestly, what like do we have to boast about other than the cross? It's like that really should be our only boasting that's the only thing we should boast about because I was like, what I said up there, I was like, humans are respectfully yeah. trash. Like we sure. we don't really bring much <laughs> to the table, you know. But yeah, exact. But like we do bring stuff to the table now, strictly through the cross of Jesus, you know. And yeah. um, and I was just like, and then um, I had uh, like my favorite part, probably the whole thing was I had my dad come up, just acoustic guitar, to go with the idea of simplicity. Just acoustic guitar and a <laughs> singer, and I had him sing here I am to worship and. Uh, I just the bridge that says I'll never know how much it costs to yes. see my sin upon that cross and that should be our one and only boast. All these other things and the walk of faith are great, but our true one and only boast should be in the cross. And then I just basically closed. I had a big thing typed out that I just felt like the guy that guy was laying on me. I won't read it all out again, but just to return to the cross and the empty tomb. It's just it's yeah. that simple. It's the source of everything. It's Beginning and the end, it's mm. everything. It's everything. The cross yeah. is everything, and we just have to get back that, and we just can't get so caught up in um, all different things, whether they 
obviously don't get caught up in sin, which we know is apparently bad, but also there's some things that can look good and actually be more damaging towards you if they're taken out of context. And I just wanted to yeah. just get it back to the cross, man. Just get it get it back to the simple gospel, back to the cross. You know, Jesus crucified, Jesus resurrected. And that's all we really need to that's all we really need yeah. is the cross. And uh yeah, and then I just uh wanted to open it up for them and uh I was like I was just praying. I prayed before service and I was praying during the uh, altar call too. I was just like, "Lord, like let your conviction go on people, you know, because, like, I can sit up here and talk until I'm blue in the face. Um, if somebody has a hard heart or something, it's yeah. not going to change them. I was like, but Lord, right. I was like, says in your word, you turn a heart of stone into heart of flesh, like, all this stuff. Like, I was like, let your conviction go out. And then just, like, um, after the fact, I was pretty nervous. I was like, well, everybody officially hates me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that. But I was just like, I was like, man, I was like, I hope it went mm-hmm. well. I hope everybody took it well. I just didn't want anybody to think I was anti-everything, you know? Right. I didn't want anybody to get that message across. But just some of yeah. the confirmation I had come up um, from people just saying, like, so many people came up to me saying, like, I need to go home and get my prayer closet. Like, I have a lot that I need to reevaluate yeah. and uh, stuff like that. And so I was just that's awesome. so happy. And, I mean, there's some... If we had more time in this podcast, I'd go into all the stories. That I've, there was a couple stories that were just mind-blowing. But, um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity. And I was super uh, grateful that God gave me – super grateful but worried God gave me that word to share, and I'm just glad yeah. that it took well. Yeah, and I think it – no, it was good, uh, solid, and it's something that you've walked through yourself. And, you know, and that is the thing. I think a lot of people don't know this if you're not a preacher. It's, uh, you know, after when you're preaching – your heart out, especially something that's very, God's been dealing with you and wrestling with you with whenever you're done preaching, as soon as you're done preaching, you are literally the most emotionally vulnerable inside. Like you literally feel like you've, you feel like you're like almost like naked in a way, uh, like bare, Mm -hmm. like you've shown yourself bare because this is something that's been, I've been deeply dealing with, with the Lord or wrestling with the Lord or going through this process. So, like, the worst time in the world for anybody to bring criticism is literally right after when you're walking down off the pulpit. And that's when most people try to yeah. <laughs> try to get their two cents worth in because of whatever their insecurity or because they don't want to receive it or whatever it is. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you preach the word that God gave you. And it's great to hear, though, whenever you hear the, the fruit from being obedient to God and preaching a word that... Mm-hmm. It's not the easiest because you'd really because there's such a temptation uh, of people to misunderstand you or this or that. So um, I think it was well received, and and I think mm-hmm. it is it is super uh, encouraging, and, and you get built up again, restored so yeah. to speak, when people do give you those those kudos and those pats on the back. Mm-hmm. And it's not for you, it's not for you know what I mean, but it's like that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's reassuring that okay, like I was obedient, and it is great uh, to see that. So I think that's awesome. Um, so anyways, yeah, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up our midweek bump, uh, this week, uh, looking forward then to next week, we're going to be doing Romans three PT is going to be bringing the word. Uh, so we'll be back here with the midweek bump for that. Um, but without further ado, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll see you on Sunday. We'll see you later.